Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here as always. Aaron? So, yesterday you guys had Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury join you guys, and he said that he will remain the team's play caller for their Week 8 matchup in Minnesota on Sunday. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I will uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D-Hop's out again, you can call him Wolf, <laughs> whoever else wants to do it. Y'all see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's uh, we're working through some things still, and, and we have a long way to go. Um, we got to be more consistent, there's no doubt. But I, I like where it's heading, um, so hopefully we can, we can keep the momentum going. Just playing off of that, Wolf, if you did have to call the plays for the Cardinals, yeah. just say one game, all right? What is the first thing you would call? <laughs> Fullback dive? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Can we go 12 personnel, please, and run the tackle zone? Can we go ahead and do that with a bootleg, an option coming off that? Maybe even play action as well. Kyler would not like it if I called plays. <laughs> he would not like he, it. He would so definitely would he, get into it with you. I was going to say, would he scream at you? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be screaming at me. Correct. Yes. Um, first of all, we all know it's never going to happen. That's number one. Secondly, we all understand he would be screaming at me if I were the play caller. Once again, there's not a problem with the play. Execute the play. Go do what you're supposed to do. Win. You win individually, and this play will work. Do your job. Play calling is so overrated. It is. And it's one of the reasons why I'd like to see Cliff Kingsbury step back from it so that- and give himself a little bit of distance for a couple of weeks. He doesn't have to do it permanently. Just step back and collect himself. So then, a simple yes or no answer. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, should Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury remain the team's play caller? Yes or no? Quickly. We're talking right now. Right now. I probably wouldn't make the change coming off a win, so I'll say yes. Yes. 77% say no. 23% say yes. Wow. I'm surprised it's that low for, yeah. for like I thought it was gonna be like 90 10 yes the NFL trade deadline is a week away as ESPN looked at the 32 players around the NFL who could find new teams making that list was Cardinals wide receiver AJ Green yesterday cards GM Steve Kime joined Burns and Gambo and they asked him if there is still a role in this offense for Green I think there is you know I think AJ still got a good skill set and he can do some different things for you both inside and outside I think again with the way the personnel is depending on who we play, it'll it'll, it'll obviously um, create some changes in the lineup. But uh, really excited about Robbie Anderson and what he brings to the table. Obviously, his vertical speed and his size are intriguing, especially when you pair that with Hop and what he can do on the opposite side.
Do you think there is a role for A.J. Green in this Cardinals offense currently? I think there's a role in the sense that you never want to rule anything out, right? And if somebody gets hurt, they will turn to A.J. Green. But, Wolf, I thought it was telling in a game where you were working in a receiver that had been on your team for two days. A.J. Green wasn't playing on Thursday nights. Yeah, I honestly don't think there's a role for A.J. Green when Hollywood Brown comes back. He's been out for a week. I'm just saying, I don't think there's a role when Hollywood Brown comes back. Is there a role for him right now? Yeah, I do. It's called 10 personnel. Uh Okay, one back, no tight end, four wide receivers. How do you feel about 10 personnel? Well, I think you know how how I feel about (laughs) that. Not quite as good as 12. Let me just say this. I think right now, Daryl Williams... There's a guy that I think is going to be moved. Really? Daryl Williams. Even though because he's hurt. of what we saw from Keontae. Keontae and Eno. Yes. I guess Keontae they already knew what they had Are Eno. you kidding me? My real question is, is there a role for Greg Dortch in this offense? Because every time he's out there, he just makes plays. I know. It's Suns Day here on Arizona Sports as we gear you up for Suns Warriors tonight. So how are the Suns approaching tonight? Here's Devin Booker. Yeah, that's how you want it. That will be a good test for us. You know, I've spoke on you know, their culture already this year, and you know, they're, they're the defending champs. You know, so they hold the they hold the belt, and you know, that's something that everybody in this league wants. And you know, we have a good test tomorrow. What do you want to see from the Suns when they take on the Warriors tonight? I want to see the competitive fire. We all know the competitive fire that the Golden State Warriors have. We all understand it. it. To me, it's one of the things I respect the most about that team. Steph Curry is somebody who doesn't get enough credit for being that fiery competitor. And he is. Watch him, how he goes about his business. Yeah, he'll smile from time to time. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's all business when he's in between those lines, and it's something they don't get enough credit for, and it's something I'd love to see the Suns continue to develop. Their team chemistry, their culture, and their competitive fire when they compete in between the lines. That's what I'd like to see. The intensity level go up. Yeah, I'm 100%. I mean, I get that this is the an early, it's the fourth game of the season, and we just had Jay Williams on last hour and he was like, look, you don't always throw your absolute best at a team in October. You're not going to be at your most intense on defense. And I I hear that. But I'd like to see it against the Warriors because you only get these guys four times a year and this is 100% the team you are measuring yourself against. And I get it. Everybody, oh yeah, we measure ourselves against the the, the reigning uh, champions. I don't really care how the Lakers look against Golden State or the Oklahoma City Thunder look against Golden State because they're not in the the title conversation. The Suns are. Specifically, Wolf, I want to see Mikel Bridges, how much he's on Steph. Because Steph actually kind of doesn't have great games when Mikel's on him. Yeah, listen, um, JaVale McGee and Jay Crowder made the Phoenix Suns a tough team. That was part of their culture. The toughness of those two guys. They're not here. They're not with the team anymore. That's that's a part of this dynamic that I want to see come together for the Phoenix Suns. The tough part of it. Hopefully they're going to be able to do that. All right, that was Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. The Eagles just announced they're returning to the Footprint Center on March 1st, 2023 for the Hotel California 2023 Tour.
Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. All right, you just kind of got into it there uh, during Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Cliff Kingsbury is going to keep calling the plays, at least against the Vikings. Is that the right decision? We'll debate it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf, we got into this a little bit last segment, but it's obviously been a hot button issue around the Arizona Cardinals for the last week or so. Um, you know, if you think back to the day after the Seahawks game, the night of the Seahawks game, who, by the way, they play again here in like a week and a half, and there's a lot on the line this time. Uh, the the conversation among Cardinals fans was nothing but you got to get rid of Cliff. That's all it was. You got to get rid of Cliff. You got to get rid of Cliff. And we had him on the show that Monday. And we asked him if he felt like he was coaching for his job. We asked him if he would ever consider uh, giving up the play calling for a little bit. And he said, he said, yeah, and, you know, it, it very yeah. quickly said that. Then the conversation really shifted to, okay, well, maybe he just needs to give up play calling. And then they went out and won a game. So this, I mean, it's the NFL. Things evolve quickly. Thing, the story always changes quickly. Everybody has such a reactionary recency bias when you're watching a team play once a week and you only have 17 games. But here we are now going into a, a week eight matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. He said very clearly yesterday when we talked to him on this show that he will be calling the uh, the plays against Minnesota. Yeah, I will uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D hops out again, you can call him Wolf or <laughs> whoever else wants to do it, and y'all see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's uh, we're working through some things still, and, and we have a long way to go. Um, we got to be more consistent. There's no doubt, but I, I like where it's heading. Um, so hopefully, we can we can keep the momentum going. Do you think that's the end of the story? No, I don't think it's the end of the story. I really do not. And, you know, first of all, I need a disclaimer right here. Um, everyone thinks that play calling is the panacea, the end-all, be-all, right? That, oh, play calling. That's what so many people like to go ahead and point to. When I can tell you right now, based on onions, forget about that. It is not the panacea. It is not the end-all, be-all when it comes to the game of football. I know you like to think about that, but it isn't. And it drives me crazy because you go out and you execute a play. You do your job individually, and the guy who lines up next to you does his job individually before you know what the play works. Isn't that a funny thing? Isn't that weird the way that happens right there? You do your job, and the play works. You get beat by somebody, and the play doesn't work, and oh my goodness. Is there good play calling and bad play calling? There is. And yes, the disclaimer music, we understand. It's very soothing. It's very, it is very cool. It's very cool. It's a cool, I said Um, Well, to me, it's cool. Sorry. Um, But, you know, honestly, it it drives me crazy because there are so many plays that are called in a football game that should blow up in your face. Shouldn't work. Bad plays in bad situations. One guy makes a play, and all of a sudden, hey, <laughs> this guy. You have Patrick Mahomes. This is, you have Pat Mahomes as your quarterback, and suddenly the play works. Um, so, yeah, there is good play calling, and there's poor play calling. And um, rarely does it truly impact a football game. What impacts a football game? Execution. That's what impacts a game. Well, and that's that's that was uh, that was quite the disclaimer, but I think it's it's important to put out there because you 
any I don't even want to say have pushed for this, but the the only reason that you seem to be interested in, in Cliff taking a step back from the play calling is A, not as a permanent thing, and B, not because you think he's a bad play caller and somebody else is going to suddenly be amazing. It's separation from separation. that role and he can just be the head coach. I, I tend to believe you don't want to make drastic changes in season, like firing your coach. No. Unless you have no other choice. And as I've, I will remain clear on this. Whether you think Cliff should be fired or not midseason, he's not getting fired midseason. I think they go out there and lose the next four games and he could do a horrible job. I don't think he's getting fired. Yeah. Um, but the shifting play callers, and again, I don't know that you need to do it now because you are coming off a win. And the other factor is you just got DeAndre Hopkins back. Like Cliff referenced it jokingly in that response yesterday. But you know, internally, they talked about that. Like, okay, well, you got Hopkins back. Let's see what Cliff can do with Hopkins. And they won their first game. Some of that was the defense scoring touchdowns. The offense didn't look amazing on Thursday night. It's got to get better. Yeah. But I just, I think realistically, if if the offense starts to fall apart again, that's kind of your last card you can play of, hey, Spencer Whipple or whoever's going to call plays, Cliff, just coach this week. You know, and you know this, Luke. Uh, I was for Cliff giving up the play calling if things didn't go well against the Saints. Yeah. I was for that. You know, hey, listen, if you, after the blow up and, you know, listen, um, for me, it was a situation where if, in fact, Cliff Kingsbury um, didn't go out and your offense didn't show any improvement based on D-Hop being in that lineup, um, yeah, I try anything at that point. You in have time. to. You have because to because your season's more important than one person. Yes, and you had the mini buy. You would have had the mini buy after the the Thursday night game, of course. And yes, the tempers did flare. So why not? If in fact things didn't go well on Thursday night, you didn't show any real improvement offensively. Um, I'd be all for that. Just step back. Get some perspective and make that change. I, I would I would have been in favor of that being the case. Right now, um, all things are proceeding as normal. Proceed. Is it something, because you would know this, I think, probably better than most, is it something you can do? Like, would you have any hesitation? Let's say they beat Minnesota, okay? And, uh, you know, maybe back and forth with Seattle. And then, I don't know, you've got Seattle, the Rams, and the 49ers coming up after Minnesota. So maybe you go like one and two in those games. But the offense doesn't look right. And they decide, okay, um, you know, going into the San Francisco game, you, you've got you know, I guess an extra day. You're going to Mexico City. Maybe, maybe that's not a good example because there's other factors. But could you just make the switch on a regular week? Does it have to be a bye week or a mini bye? Is it really that big of a deal? Because it doesn't it, have to be. If it no, if it helps, the bye week is week thirteen. So right after the game, that's a couple days after Thanksgiving. Yes. End of November going into December. I mean, ideally, the Cardinals just start winning and stringing wins together, and you don't have to change anything. Yes. And that's certainly on the table because you just got DeAndre Hopkins back. But if they're struggling here again, it doesn't mean, like, well, you're just locked in because you didn't make the change at the mini buy. Yeah, you've got to be really, really careful, too, when you're doing this. Why is your offense struggling? Why is your defense struggling? I'm not talking about the Arizona Cardinals. But if, in fact, you're going to make a change as to somebody that is calling the plays, calling the offense or calling the defense, you've got to be really, really careful. And the reason being is because that is a 
That sends a signal to everybody in the locker room. When you make a change at play calling, whatever, whether it's offense or defense, let me tell you right now, that is a, that's like grabbing the team and shaking them. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're, <laughs> people are going to be in shock. Like, you are changing something big. No doubt about that. So, you've got to be really, really careful what kind of message you want to send to that locker room. The, the, the defense has over-delivered. I think we'd all say that um, with certitude for the most part, that they have over-delivered this year. There's no denying that. Vance Joseph has done an incredible job. Offensively, they're better since D-Hop came back. There's, there's reason to truly believe they're going to be better going forward. And they were bad. They were bad before D-Hop came back. Now you've got to give the play caller, that being Cliff Kingsbury, give him the opportunity going forward to work in D-Hop into this offense. Well, and I know a lot of... call the plays that will work. Uh, But once again, understand... Man, just do your job. There's, I know there's execute. a lot of Cardinals fans that are frustrated with Cliff, and I get it, but he has had success, if you want to say calling plays or whatever. This offense has moved the ball and scored points when DeAndre Hopkins is on the field. Yes. So for whatever reason, and I don't think it's a hard reason to figure out because DeAndre Hopkins is pretty good, uh, yeah, I would roll with Cliff now as long as things are going as long as you're either winning games or the offense is getting better. Right. Why 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 make the change then? I get why people were flipping out after the first six games. And they may be flipping out again this weekend. They may end up going out there and, and putting up ten points and losing to Minnesota. And then this conversation certainly starts back up. But to your point of what sort of message are you sending to your team, I'll replay this Kyler Murray audio from last week when he was asked about Cliff saying on our show that he might give up play calling. Give up the play calling so that this offense can get going and win some games. Do you think someone else should be calling the play? <laughs> Come on, Doc. Come on. <laughs> you good? <laughs> You're good. You good? Everything, yeah. everything all right over there? Yeah, you know, um, once again, I, I think Kyler understands. You know, you, know, you call plays, man. Go ahead and call plays. You execute the play, the play will work. Not only that, too, there's a little bit of quarterback <laughs> in that answer right there. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks sticking in that, together. <laughs> in that answer right there, it's not just the quarterback thing. It's also just the fact that, you know what, I'm going to change a lot of the plays anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Go I'm ahead. Just saying, Have whoever you want call it. I'm just going to change it with the line of script. Just, it's called a franchise quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you got You have to weigh all this stuff, because I do think what you said is, is maybe the most important thing. You can do it, but just be aware it's not as simple as like, okay, you're holding this play sheet, now you're holding the play sheet. You are sending a potential ripple effect through your team. Do you want to do that if they win again this week, and they're 4-4 four and four and potentially tied for first, and things are looking better with DeAndre Hopkins? Just remember that. Just because you see a play doesn't mean Cliff called it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what kind of test will the Warriors be for the Suns tonight? Well, we're going to ask Suns broadcaster Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. It's game day with K. Ray next. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day, presented by YRefi.com. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catch 
his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, joining us on the Arizona Sportsline right now, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports for another episode of Game Day with K-Ray. And, Kay, look, I know it's the fourth game of the season. I know it's not that big of a deal. But when you are as good as the Suns are now and you're playing the Golden State Warriors, to me, that that game, the whole day leading up to that game just feels a little bit different. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. Good. Uh, you know, we're, we're not quite at must-win just yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Mathematically, they have to but, have it. <laughs> but, no, look, it's, they, they are the defending champs. Uh, they, they have what the Suns have so desperately craved and wanted and aspired to have, um, and they've achieved it, you know, multiple times now. So anytime you're facing a team like that, uh, everything gets ratcheted up, and your, your standard of play, uh, being first and foremost, better be there. So, Kay, what are you looking for specifically tonight? Where where does the worm turn in tonight's game? Well, look, I'm going to go back to that game against the Clippers the other night. And, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and and suggest that the Clippers are what they will be in two months just because of Kawhi Leonard and John Wall coming off the bench. Uh, I'm quite certain that within the next probably two months, Kawhi Leonard will be in the starting lineup. John Wall remains to be seen. But I think, as EJ and I pointed out, it'll be hard for for Ty Lue to keep him uh, off the bench. That being said, the Suns absolutely brought it defensively in that game uh, against the Clippers on Sunday night. Um, and, and they brought it from the jump. And aside from a couple little moments, they they had that mentality, that dog mentality, the entire game. And the- oh, we lost Kay. Kay, you there? No. Phone service in Barbados. You better be. Oh, he's back. You better be tied together uh, when you're playing this Warriors team, just because of their off-ball movement is probably the best in the entire league. Yeah, so Kay, we're talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. It's game day with Kay Ray. When you when you are around the Suns team as much as you are, I mean, do they? We heard the comments of Devin Booker saying, "Yeah, they got the belt. That's what we want." Do you feel like the 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 players get that sense of like, okay, this game's a little bit different too? This is the team you're chasing. This is this is what should have, in my mind, been the Western Conference Finals last year. And obviously, the Suns are the team that didn't hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the guys will, you know, they'll they'll downplay it to a degree, but you know, they they understand. They know that that they are going to be measured by how they fare against the Warriors. And yes, a, a regular season win doesn't earn you the belt, but it goes a long way in, you know, creating and building that confidence and also giving you a sense of like, okay, what's working and what is not working. These teams will face off, you know, again, multiple times through the course of the season. 
but you want to, you know, you, you want to stack continued good, strong defensive performances on top of one another. And if you can do that against the Clippers and then follow that up with another good, solid defensive performance tonight against the Warriors, that just continues to create and build the overall team confidence. You know, I want to see so much more from DeAndre Ayton, of course, and I think that is going to continue throughout this season. We're going to see him develop, but Kay, did you know he's got 14 fouls in three games? <laughs> Can you go no, back to physicality? I'm, I'm well I'm well aware of the foul situation and the disparity and and you know I, I don't know if you guys saw but Monty joked with me because I asked him before the game Sunday night I said are, you know what what do you make of the foul situation and he looked at me and laughed he said you know Kerry you're going to get me fined here but um, it's you know it's it's not a laughing matter and it is something that the DA and the and the Suns uh, as a whole are going to need to clean up I thought EJ made a great point when it came to Cam Johnson because Cam's play has been limited due to the injuries and preseason and everything. But EJ had a, a great point in talking about Cam's foul issues as well, saying he's realizing now you're playing against ones. You're not playing against twos. And, you know, for, for D.A., I think that he's got to find that, that kind of healthy, happy balance of being physical but also being smart and, and recognizing the value that you bring to your team because beyond that, guys, his usage rate has gone up significantly. But if you're in foul trouble, you, you can't put up numbers offensively. So Yeah. Talking to Kevin Ray, Bally Sports. K. Ray, I want to I want to be careful with how I ask this because I don't want to insinuate that there's some sort of problem if there isn't. But Chris Paul has 23 points total through the first three games, and I don't know that anybody would notice that if not for how last season ended. So he also has 32 assists. Like it's not like he's been bad, but just as far as the scoring, is it just a cold streak to start the season? Is he passing up shots intentionally for a, you know a bigger picture to try and get everybody involved? What do you make of these first few games? Yeah, I, I'm going to chalk it up to, to maybe the the last two, uh, Luke, in that it, it's just kind of a, a slow ramp up. You know, remember, training camp and preseason these days, uh, like the NFL, are short. Um, and, you know, it, it may very well be Chris, and, and he's not come out and acknowledge this, and nor would I expect him to, but it may very well be Chris, uh, you know, recognizing the, the struggles of the last two seasons and so it, it's a combination of a slow ramp up realizing the the goal is to be playing in June and to have your best stuff then and maybe a little bit too of, of you know making sure that everybody else is you know is shouldering the load and willing to take that load and that they don't look at him as the hero and that was one of the things that I thought was was significant in the win the other night you know it wasn't Chris and Book um, well I, Book, Book was in a different category Sunday night but you know they weren't called upon to hit big shots late in the fourth quarter on every position when the Clippers started to make a little bit of a run. You know, you had Landry Shamit knock down a couple of big shots. Cam Johnson hit a couple of big shots. Mikkel Bridges making plays. So I think that part of it might be by design, and I think part of it is Chris just kind of doing a, a slow ramp up here as the season gets underway. So, okay, give me your thoughts on what you're seeing from the bench so far and the rotations so far. 
yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, Wolf, and and I think only because of the injury with both Cam and then also Landry Shamit. Re- remember, we were looking for for Landry to really step into some of that scoring punch that Cam brought you. So with him just getting back on Sunday night, I, I think we're still probably needing another five or six games to truly evaluate what this bench looks like. And as I said, you know, last week, guys, you know, Monty's going to continue to throw some rotations out there. Josh Okogie, I thought, played terrific ball in Portland. Uh, it's just unfortunate that that his labors uh, weren't paid off in the form of a victory. But I, I thought he made the kind of impact the Suns are looking for him to make. You know, physical, harassing defender. And I think we'll continue to see Monty you know, kind of mix and match some of those bench rotations. But as long as Campaign and Landry Shamit and Jock Landale can stay healthy here over the next several games, I think we'll begin to, to see kind of a, a clearer picture of what that bench unit can look like. K-Ray, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. Thanks, Kay. All right, fellas. Take care. That's Kevin Ray, Bally Sports, chiming in right there. Game day with K-Ray, Golden State Warriors edition. NASCAR Championship Weekend returns to Phoenix Raceway November 4th through the 6th. The weekend will have something for everybody from the diehard NASCAR fans looking to get close to the action to the fans looking for a fun, exciting family atmosphere. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win sold-out grandstand tickets. When we come back, is there still a role in this Cardinal offense for A.J. Green. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's almost been a 180 for this Cardinals receiving core, Wolf. When you look at how the season started and you didn't have your main pillar, you didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but you had all these other pieces. Like You had a lot of depth coming out of camp. You had Hollywood Brown. You had A.J. Green. You had Greg Dortch. You had Andy Isabella coming off a good camp. You had Rondale Moore. You had all these pieces, right? But you didn't have your main guy. Yeah. Now, as we go into this week eight game with Minnesota, the only thing I feel like we know for sure is they have their main guy. Yes. And everything else is kind of Hollywood's hurt. You have Robbie Anderson, but he's been on the team for like an hour, it feels like. Rondale Moore, they haven't established. Andy Isabella is, I think, on the Ravens practice squad. Greg Dortch looks good, but isn't on the field very much. It's it's It really is like a complete flip from where we were a month and a half ago. So where are they going to go from here? That is the question that we have right now. DeAndre Hopkins, he changes an awful lot for this offense, as we all know. Where do they go and how do they evolve from here? I will say, I like being in this spot better where you at least know that you have DeAndre Hopkins and you put the pieces in around him. Uh, ESPN did a story where they went through with the trade deadline. The trade deadline is a week from today in the NFL. Uh, and we have seen more. November 1st. Yeah. Yeah. About November's that? in a week. November 1st, man. Halloween lives, does it not, my friends? Nobody likes the week of Thanksgiving, and I like it a lot. Oh, Nobody yeah. likes it more than Wolf. Oh, yeah, no. I, uh, don't give me so. Why well, would you bring up because Thanksgiving? Because I saw the smile right on now. your there's face so when I much, mentioned November. There's so much. I mean, that's what? A month away? It's not that um, far away. It's not that far away. You're right about that. When is a Wednesday, a Friday? It happens once a year, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget that. When is a Wednesday, a Friday? 
the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Next. Do we need to reestablish, too, what is the best pie for Thanksgiving? No, we're no it's way too early. All right. Okay, honestly. Never too early to start pie not, for Thanksgiving. Let's not talk about Thanksgiving pies. Cherry pie, obviously, would be the correct answer. All right. ESPN has a story up looking at the, um, the potential moves for each team before the trade deadline. One player that would be likely to be moved, and for the Cardinals, they have A.J. Green. Uh, A.J. Green, their first, their first line, it's clear by now that Green doesn't have a role in the Cardinals' offense, unquote. Um, I don't disagree, Wolf. I mean, a- after Thursday, if you had said this a week and a half ago, I'd have been like, nothing's clear because you don't have Hollywood Brown. You brought A.J. Green back six, seven, eight weeks ago, so they had hopes for him, but right now it doesn't feel like they have a role for him. Yeah, right now, um, I would say that there is a role for A.J. Green, and it's called 10 personnel. I think that's what it is. One back, no tight ends, four wide receivers. We just don't see it. Even though the Arizona Cardinals still use more 10 personnel than anybody else in the National Football League, I just don't think um, that's... That's a situation that A.J. Green is not going to crack the lineup in anymore. He's going to, of course. It's going to be A.J. Green in 10 personnel, Hop, um, Rondell Moore, and I would say Robbie Anderson. Now, Greg Dorch is the odd man out in this situation. I I know you don't like that, but at some point in time, you can't just have the Smurfs that are out there on the field as well. You've got to have some guys with a little size. A.J. Green still has that size. So that's... I'm glad you said that because my next words to you were going to be, is it wrong that I'm a little hesitant to move A.J. Green? Because the trade deadline is next Tuesday, so you'd have to make a move quickly if you're going to move him out. I don't really want to move A.J. Green unless I'm getting a receiver back. And I don't want a receiving core that's a bunch of guys that weren't playing for me three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know what Robbie Anderson is in this offense. So as far as like Minnesota Sunday, who, who, who at receiver do I know what? I'm getting out of them, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Now, beyond him, I'm probably more confident in Greg Dortch than A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, or Robbie Anderson right now. Moore has more upside. Robbie Anderson is more established, just not here. Yeah. So I just think there's too many question marks to be moving a guy out because you basically have five receivers right now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not ready to say that A.J. Green does not have a role on this team going forward. I know the acquisition of Robbie Anderson, that really puts him in question. There's no denying that because Hollywood Brown is going to come back at some point in time. That's When he comes back, it might be a different story. And, but this is one of the reasons why you've got to look ahead, because when he comes back, of course, he's going to be back after the trade deadline. Yeah. So you're going to have to move A.J. Green at some point in time, if in fact you see the problem that I see. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen next week. You don't know what kind of injuries you're going to suffer. That Hollywood Brown injury just ruined everything. Just it really it did because then you had to bring in Robbie Anderson, and now like, just think if 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 Man. Hollywood Brown doesn't get hurt at the end of that stupid Seahawks game, if he doesn't get hurt, you're going into this week with DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, yeah, and then whatever Rondale Moore or AJ Green or Greg Dortch does is almost extra. Like you need one of them to be stepping up, but but you're not nearly as dependent, and you don't have as many plates spinning as yeah. they do right now. This is uh, for what it's worth, Steve Kime, and I. I 
probably worth a lot, actually, since he's the guy that makes the decisions on these things. On with Burns and Gambo yesterday talking about a role for A.J. Green. I think there is. You know, I think A.J.'s still got a good skill set, and he can do some different things for you, both inside and outside. I think, again, with the way the personnel is, depending on who we play, it'll, it'll, it'll obviously um, create some changes in the lineup. But uh, really excited about Robbie Anderson and what he brings to the table. Obviously, his vertical speed and his size are intriguing, especially when you pair that with Hop and what he can do on the opposite side. I would hope he's excited about Robbie Anderson since he's the one that traded for him. That'd yeah. be very awkward if he was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. How do we get this guy? You know, it's interesting we're having this conversation about A.J. Green, and the reason why I say that is because uh, I think there's a guy that's much more likely to get dealt before A.J. Green, and that is Daryl Williams. I think it's Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams has some real value. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen Daryl Williams while he was healthy and while we, he was out there playing. We saw Daryl Williams, man, and he looked good. He doesn't cost anything either. He looked good, man. He doesn't cost anything. And not only that, there will be other teams that will look at Daryl Williams and say, hmm, that guy, that guy, I might give something up. For real, for that guy. He could put us over the top, give us a little depth in a running back room, and put us over the top in terms of maybe getting into the postseason and making some noise. Darrell Williams is the guy that I see um, the Arizona Cardinals moving first and foremost. And the reason why I say that, Keontae Ingram and what we saw from Keontae Ingram. There are a lot of teams, if you start to look around the league, that are like contenders right now yes. that could use some running back. Yes. It's funny, the team that jumps out to me is the Kansas City Chiefs. They could use a terrible Williams, even though that's totally. where he was. Do you think he'd be willing to go back? Of course. Uh, yeah, you want to go win a Super Bowl or yeah. contend for a Super Bowl? Uh, you know, Buffalo could use a running back like Darrell Williams. Uh, the Rams could. I don't know if I want to make any trades the with the Rams. The problem, the only problem, because I don't, I don't disagree with what you just said, the only problem is a lot, and I'm just looking at this, this list that ESPN put out of like who's the, the main guy that's most likely to get dealt off each team. A lot of them are running backs. And and the the one that matters the most is Cam Akers because the Rams yeah. have just been very clear that they don't want Cam Akers anymore and they want to trade him. Right. You know, but I'm thinking, hey, with the Kansas City Chiefs last year, Daryl Williams went over a thousand yards combined. Yeah. Yeah, Combined and he, yardage. not like he looked bad with the Cardinals no, this year. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I honestly think with Keontae Ingram and what we saw him do, man, that's you're you're looking at that running back room and going, oh, uh, we kept five because of Keontae Ingram, mm-hmm. and now we're pretty sure about Keontae Ingram, and he's very similar to Darrell Williams as well in terms of the skill set that he brings um, and how thick and how hard a runner Keontae Ingram is. Yeah, we might move this guy. It makes perfect sense. It would help if you were trying to trade Darrell Williams if Jacksonville ever won a football game. Because they just traded James Robinson to the Jets because of that injury to Brees Hall. Yes. So if Jacksonville were like four and three, you'd call them up and be like, hey, how about Darrell Williams? Nice backup to Travis Etienne. But I'm guessing the only team that's going to trade for a guy like Darrell Williams on a one-year deal is a contender. But here's the great thing about this. Um, Keontae Ingram and the way that he's playing right now makes Darrell Williams expendable. And listen, I love Daryl Williams. You know it. I was one of the guys that was all fired up. You're not going to cut Daryl Williams. You're not remember that yeah, and they training didn't. camp, and they didn't. I was all fired up over Daryl Williams, and yet this is the way it goes. This is a mercenary league, man. It's the National Football League. Hey, you know what? 
This is what being a pro is all about. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I would say this. You were very right about them not cutting Darrell Williams. The only thing is you were you didn't think they were going to cut any of them, but you didn't think they were going to keep five running backs. No way. So no, math- there's no way they were going to keep five. Mathematically, it didn't add up. Uh, all right, we come back, back to basketball. What are the three things that stand out about the Suns most through the first week of the season? We'll tell you next with our Suns three-pointer. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.